0: The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, here we go, man. It's Talk is Jericho, the pot of thunder and rock and roll. It's the remedy for boredom. And guess what? It's my favorite day of the week. It's Friday. And today, Ring of Honor, kicking it on Talk is Jericho today with two of their uh, longest tenured veterans on the roster. Chris Daniels and Frankie Kazarian are here. You'll hear all about how they ended up as a tag team, what inspired the Throwback Thursday gimmicks, what they did to get so much heat after AJ Styles left Ring of Honor. Uh, Chris Daniels also talking about his very short run in WCW and why it didn't work out as planned. And then, of course, Frankie's got some great stories about training with Killer Kowalski why he was fired from the WWE before ever really stepping foot in the ring. If you've read my uh, book, Undisputed, you might know the reason why. Uh, You hear all these great stories. uh, Of course, talking about Curry Man as well. If you haven't heard about Curry Man, uh, you wait and see. Uh, All all stuff coming up for addiction, uh, as they are called, Daniels and Kazarian. And you're going to find out all about the Ring of Honor New Japan. uh, Joint events coming up this week, uh, May 8th. I believe that is a Sunday. That's going to be in Chicago Ridge, Illinois. Global Wars pay per view. Then May 9th, War of the Worlds Tour in Dearborn, Michigan. And then we got War of the Worlds Tour in Toronto, Ontario on May 11th. And then May 14th, New York City. War of the Worlds. Once again, I believe that's a TV taping. Uh, so much stuff coming up. Ring of Honor is hot right now. And Frankie and Christopher are leading the way. But first, I got to say thanks to all of you for supporting the great sponsors of this podcast that's why i'm able to do two shows a week for free that's right uh and that's uh doing it for you guys because we love you and also, because of my great sponsors, including DDP, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, DDP Yoga, and the DDP Yoga Now app. A great move for your own health and fitness needs. DDP Yoga is a great investment to make on yourself. You know how much I love DDP Yoga. What it's done for me its put me back in the ring, put me back on stage, put me in great shape. Uh, I can't say enough about it. And if you're sitting on the fence, get off your ass and jam, man. Get out there and do it. Uh, if you haven't given Diamond Dallas Page's amazing fitness program a try, Here's your chance, all right? Order it now, ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. And if you do this, you'll receive three free months of the DDP Yoga Now app, okay? This app is technologically as advanced as it comes. Uh, All of the workouts on the app, everything at your fingertips on your device, uh, you need to give it a try. I use this app quite often. That's how I do my DDP Yoga Now these days. No more DVDs. And that's why I'm uh, in the best shape of my life. That's why I'm the best in the world at everything I do, do you understand what I'm saying to you right now? It gets heat every time. I love it. <laughs> but I'm in great shape having some of the best matches of my career still at this day and age at 45. Uh, Chris Jericho's lost a step. The punters may say, well, I may have lost a step, but I probably had more steps than anybody else. Hey, oh, yeah, boy. Yeah, that's what DDP Yoga has done for me. Uh, also so uh, convenient because I've been on the road so much, I don't have to lug around the DVDs. I just watch the uh, the uh, exercises on the phone. I just do the exercises on my device whenever I want. You guys know, anywhere you want, hotel room, backstage, dressing room, on the street, whatever. It's so easy when everybody wants to please me, baby. Yeah, how about Axel Rose debuting with ACDC tomorrow night in Lisbon, Portugal as Angus called it Uh, but Angus should be doing some DDP Yoga he could use it, I know I'm doing it I know you'll love it, Angus would love it Uh, you gotta try it, DDP Yoga Now app you will give it a try and you will love it it's got all the workouts on it, also live workouts from the DDP Yoga Performance Center tons of nutrition tips, inspiration stories and videos, and you can even access cooking shows so you can see how to prepare healthier meals for yourself and your family All right. DDP Yoga Now app, available at iTunes and the Google Play Store, and when you do download it you'll see all the amazing reviews it's getting leave a review of your own take advantage of the special offer DDP has given you guys order it now ddpyoga.com slash Jericho get three free months of the DDP Yoga Now app alright get started today get in the best shape of your life thank you DDP thank you Chris Jericho thank you ddpyoga.com slash Jericho go check it out you got nothing to lose and everything to gain talk is Jericho Nothing but the best for my guests. Some fine, yeah. some fine H2O's H2O. here with uh, vets, grizzled vets, Chris Daniels and uh, Frankie Kazarian. And it's it's funny because we've known each other for a long time, but we've mm-hmm. never really worked in the same
1: company for any length of time, if at all. The and closest would be doing dark matches and job matches back in the day. Back when I remember the first time I met you was uh, early 2000. And I was my first time ever doing a dark match. Really? And uh, and back then it was different. Like, I went and plopped my bag in the locker room right next to, literally, right next to you and Bob Holly. (laughs) And I opened up my bag and I had a copy of Metallica S&M, which had just come out. Okay, right. And you, like, went, hey man, can I take a look at that? And I'm like, sure. And you're like, what's your favorite track on that? And like they immediately put me at ease. Yeah. And I also had a Quiet Riot CD and Bob's like, can I look at that? And I'm like... (laughs) sure and i'm like cool so like it immediately take this so uh but yeah i remember that was the first time i like met you in a okay a, but i was a jabron indie guy like just coming know, in for a try sure sure but yeah, you know yeah, you yeah. were kind enough to like engage it's in conversation the, it's the i was the con- like cool and it the was the connection of music right absolutely and so man, is that way yeah, yeah
0: and how about us chris i mean i met you i don't even remember when it had to have
2: been in 2000 but you had already left wcw when i signed my first contract with them and started traveling with them. You were already okay. In WWF. Gone. Right, yeah, right. yeah. So I can't remember the first time we.
0: It's be we... a guy that's always been around. Like yeah. whenever, whenever I goes. know, I
2: know that all the times that I had done dark matches around like the, the, after 2000, when I when I left WCW and started doing dark matches again, you were around and. Again, mm-hmm. you were always cordial and yeah. you never treated us like,
0: hey, get out of here, kid. You know I, what I mean? I so. got you guys kicked out of the dressing room. <laughs> so I said, like, these guys in here talking to me? Get them out of here,
1: on that same, On that same <laughs> show, might have been that show or the next day, um, this is when they had Curtis Hughes with you for a wow. minute. And uh, I think you had wrestled Ken Shamrock. Yeah. And something happened, and they came in the back, and they got, like, almost into blows. Curtis Hughes and Shamrock? Yes, because I guess Curtis caught him with something. Wow! And uh, he came in the back, and they're screaming, and I'm standing like from where you, you and I'm just like, <laughs> like mortified, like and like they had to be like pulled apart, and, like uh, I think it was more Ken on him than he was kind of use. Oh, Ken was a little bit
0: wacky, right? Right. Around that time, we were uh, I had a match with him, and I chopped him a couple times, and then he like instantly attacked me and put me like in a pretzel and like <laughs> pie faced me and all this stuff. And afterwards, I was like, Why? What, what happened? Because we well, chopped me. You can't chop me. He goes, That's pussy shit. What am I supposed to do? Sell that? I'm like, Well, just don't beat me up. Just, <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. do that anymore, you know? But it's interesting to me because you guys, and there's a few guys out there. I said this when the Young Bucks did the show, um, a couple others, but you guys are like at the top of the ladder when it comes to the independent scene, to where you guys are like, uh, you don't really have to go anywhere else at this point. You've been everywhere, and it seems like you guys are always working and still uh, doing really well, which is kind of a rare thing in this day and age when it's all based around WWE and Ring of Honor and TNA sort of thing and Ring of Honor is
1: your place but yeah. uh, we're having fun I think that's the you know we're still having fun mm-hmm. uh, you know especially since we've been a team it's probably been the funnest run of my career wow you know just cause you know when you when you get to be on the road with your best friend and just have the type of matches we've had it's been awesome and yeah, like you know, we had kind of we still have that freedom to do what we want and we're uh we're still performing at the top of our game. You know, that's that's not an issue at all and it's uh which is amazing too cuz a lot of people really get fixated on the age thing. I mean, I get it all the time,
0: but it really doesn't it's 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 if you're taking uh care of yourself and, and wrestling smart, you still can work at the top of your game whether you're 25, 35, 45, whatever it may be.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of it too is like if you're not working for WWE, the odds are good that you're not working that schedule, that grind. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about someone like Daniel Bryan who just retired at 34. And, like, I started before him, and I'm still wrestling, but I never had the schedule that he had. Like, obviously, the last six, seven years of his career were at full tilt, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Four or five days a week which is true, the yeah. grind. Yeah. And that'll that'll do it... You know, the repetition of it will tear you up. Mm-hmm. Like, at most... Like, when I was doing uh, Michinoku Pro or stuff, I would do, you know, three days a week, four days a week, sometimes five. But it was, like, you know, one month out of the year. And then the rest of the time, I'd be doing, you know, two or three shows yeah, a week, maybe.
1: When TNA was running, like, the the toughest schedule they were running was when we would do live TVs on Thursdays, house show Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and did that every week. And that was a span of, what, maybe a six, year? months a year, a year maybe? At, yeah,
2: At most a year. Yeah,
1: and we did that, you know, and that was... You know, and I, that wasn't every weekend right. either. Wow! You know, so. it was
2: every week they would do the live Thursday, but not every week would have live
0: events. It would be like every other week, yeah. every three weeks. That must perhaps. have been a, a great skill because, like you know, people, TNA gets a lot of uh, a lot of flack, but at the time. TNA was actually a pretty good, growing company that was drawing some good crowds with this really, basically, easy schedule. It must right. have been a dream for you guys. And think of the roster
2: they had at the time, Yeah, T, you know. Like, uh, like, like, a lot of the guys that we worked with, uh, like, came up with us through TNA. And so you were basically working with your friends on that schedule, on a lighter schedule, um, you know, even when it was every week. It was fun, and we were... It was, it was almost like that little engine that could, the idea like we were all together and we were fighting to get that recognition and try to make TNA, you know, we, we sort of knew it wasn't going to become the the exact same as WWE, but we had the idea like, oh, well, the more we can grow this, you know, we're, we're at the ground floor. We're building this. It was software. our company. So, it was yeah, our home. Yeah. It
1: was like, this is going to be maybe our legacy. So, you know, this is... If... So what do you think the peak of TNA was? Um... Let's see. Probably the beginning
2: of the spike era. Yeah, and then I, I not to not to be like, hey, it was us. It ended us. right when we left. Right, <laughs> right around when we left. man. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I think when AJ left was the beginning of the end yeah. for them, mm-hmm. and he left literally two months before I did, and four months before you. Yeah. Less. Yeah.
1: yeah, I would say same. So, like when we first started going to Orlando, which was the end of two thousand four. Um, the 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 crowd was really responsive and it was just a great vibe to be in the impact zone the impact zone was actually cool this is before the fans became jaded and mm-hmm. uh, had seen everything yeah and then week, um, in, week out oh, monthly, God, yeah, 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 yeah so yeah. i'd say like 2005 when we got the spike deal and TNA got the spike deal and uh and it, it had some momentum it had a ton of guys that would go on to do i agree sure, with that. things and cuz it was
2: homegrown talent right, right. and there were and they were you know they obviously had peaks and valleys throughout that period of time but like Right around 2005, 2006, um, there was a big peak, I think. And then, you know, that was when October of that year, 2005, we started with Spike. And um, actually, the first show that we did for Spike was the night that Bubba and Devon came in for That's the right. first time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and uh, it Baba wasn't too that, much though. longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't too much longer after that that they announced Kurt, right? Wasn't uh, it? No, Kurt,
1: Kurt came in 2006. He came in uh, okay, okay, October okay, year 2006. And These are some big signings, though. Oh, Kurt, Kurt, was huge. Kurt was I think Kurt yeah. was the guy. I, I literally remember being backstage watching because nobody – they kept everybody kayfabed. I'm standing right next to AJ, and we were watching the – We had just come out of the ring because yeah. we did the we did the uh, Ultimate X match yep, with that's
2: right. Homicide and Hernandez. And we're watching the and screen, just,
1: and we're like, what's this? What's yeah, and, and they and announced Kurt Angle, and we both were like – yeah. We're like, This is awesome! This like Kirk Kandel's coming to this our little company, right. and we were so helping psyched. to grow it. Oh yeah. God, it was awesome!
0: What was the turning point though? Maybe you mentioned AJ leaving stuff, but what was the turning point where you started feeling it go down?
1: Um,
2: Jeff Jarrett leaving was was a sort of a red flag for us. AJ leaving was a red flag.
1: Um, Management, just you know, guys coming in, and uh, I always say this: that you cannot. Uh, a team's never going to win a Super Bowl if they change head coaches every year or if they change GMs every year. And it seemed like there was just a rotating, you know, roster of talent relations or head of creative. And it was, so nothing was ever, there was no consistency. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, for me, uh, the end of 2013, um, I kind of saw the writing on the wall and I wasn't having fun. And, you know,
2: We were making our own fun, but we felt like we were the only two that were on (laughs) our side. how, How do you mean? How are you doing that? Well, I mean, that was like the heyday of us as the team for TNA. Like, there was a period of time where I felt like we were the most entertaining thing going on in TNA. Absolutely. And I felt like... Everybody was saying it and everybody saw it except the people that were writing the show. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, wait. You know, they kept coming to us and they go, ha, ha, you guys are bulletproof. Yeah, yeah, we can do anything with y'all. And we're like, well, what <laughs> if you stop burying us? What, how, think <laughs> what of we how match, much better yeah. we would
0: be if you didn't bury us. You got everything. put in that horrible moniker
1: of being called a hell of a too, hand. Too, too yeah, entertaining. Yeah. Too entertaining. Yeah. You guys, oh, don't worry, you're bulletproof. No. Oh, you guys can lose a handicap match three times in a row because you're bulletproof. It's like, okay, yeah all right, to a certain but,
0: extent but then after yeah, a while it has to change yeah. how did you guys start becoming a team together
2: um I think we both sort of like around 2011 they had just split up the f- or not yeah they had put the, the fortune of- gimmick they had put the fortune group together and that
1: was before I had come back to TNA which was Flair's group with Bobby James gotcha. AJ myself and Chris later yeah.
2: Okay. so I came back uh they all turned babyface. I came back and joined and, and I was the fifth horseman basically which was weird <laughs> um and then it was right around that period of time that they split Bobby Bobby Roode and James Storm up as a team, and they sort of had AJ sort of go off. Actually, they had me and him
1: sort of get into yeah. a, a little deal. and um, And I was the guy breaking up fights between Chris and AJ. Literally, right. I was... Chris and AJ had this uh, kind of mini feud going and I was literally Johnny voice of reason. Oh, yeah. That was it in the occasional match but it was right, like right, they right. had nothing like I was just a guy. So you are basically like the agent who comes up to break up the fight pretty much out yeah, cool. like no don't fight guys yeah, be friends yeah, it was let's like, be pals. Yeah, it was just... So
2: I, I do remember though like at that point in time they had just split up beer money and the the, the Motor City Machine Guns who had been there had getting injured like Saban had Redone his, ACL. He heard his other ACL, ACL. and like the, the day that Alex Shelley came back to do that, Saban blew his ACL. So like, they didn't have a tag team that was like the marquee tag team, right? And I remember the year, the year that it happened, the Bound for Glory, which was basically our our WrestleMania. They had the tag team titles on the pre-show with Mexican America, which was Hernandez and another guy. And then against uh, <laughs> Shannon Moore and Jesse Neal, called Ink Ink. And I remember going, yeah, because <laughs> Ink, they because they were it? all tagged t- they had. see Yeah. So anyway, I was just like, <laughs> okay, well, they need a tag team. They're not doing anything with me. They're not doing anything with Frankie. And I don't remember if if I came to you or you came to me or we both came we together both, and we we're we like, hey, let's go it, yeah. be a
0: team. We both and we shook came hands together. in a lightning bolt.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And the, and there it began. So, <laughs> so yeah, so we we pitched. I w- I had just turned heel against AJ, and we went to the office and we we're like, hey, let us team, let us do this, and they responded with the
1: the idea of the. Ultimately, what became the Claire Lynch angle, which is uh the what now the, the Claire, Claire Lynch, Lynch angle, oh, okay. which is uh, yeah uh, infamous in, ball, in its own infamous, way. Yeah, and uh, it it turned out kind of poopy but you know it could have been good but well, here's the
2: thing like the thing that was great about that was like they came to us and they're like okay uh Frankie's going to be an unwilling partner to you and you've got some dirt on him and the original idea was like they were going to be like oh Frankie is sleeping with AJ's sister and so you were going to tell AJ and AJ was going to get mad and AJ went wait a minute if he was with my sister I'd be thrilled because he's my best pal <laughs> he's a good dude. And so Frankie he? was the one that came up with the idea that uh He was trying to protect AJ from this secret that he had with what I thought was AJ and Dixie Carter having an affair, which ended up being AJ (laughs) maybe having an affair with someone that was supposed to be Dixie's
1: niece. So I was was all... I was protecting him. I was protecting him and being an unwilling partner. And this team actually wasn't supposed to happen because the culmination was going to be this all... Somebody spilled the beans and then him and I were going to feud. Right. And we were like, no... like. No, you don't get it. It was Eric Bischoff at the time who was instrumental and was really, really helpful with us. During How our- was Eric at that time? For For us, personally, he was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eric Bischoff, uh, Jason an Hervey, movie. and Dave Lugana, mm-hmm. uh, but especially Eric and uh, Jason they really for the first time at least for me they gave us so much creative freedom and just collaboration and it was awesome and that's when and, we really and wanted to hear us. our opinion
2: yeah like it wasn't like Which hey stop need. talking to us yeah,
1: yeah. you yep. need to have I mean no one knows your characters
0: like you guys do exactly right. it's interesting with Eric because it's it, it, you know obviously in WCW it was a different time frame but I heard that he came into TNA with the best of intentions like he really wanted to, to yeah. make some moves and he, help he, out
1: and he was always very you know people have different interactions with different people but mm-hmm. he was always very be honest with me, which is difficult to find. Yeah. You know, and like if and if he thought something wasn't good, he would tell me. If he thought something was great, he would tell me. But just to have that collaboration and be able to bounce ideas and just get the like creative vibe. It was mm. it was really cool, cool, man. Yeah.
2: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
0: All right, let's get back to it with Chris Daniels and Frankie Kazarian right here on Talk is Jericho. Did you guys do your shows and then okay, I could always sort of and I never got to go, but you, would you go afterwards out to uh, was like the ale house? Oh or something God! You guys would all hang out there.
2: It, we, it started that yeah. way, but then once everybody knew that was the hangout, we tried to avoid that place. Like yeah, we would go the there. Would go. There was nowhere else to eat,
1: but yeah, we or if you would hear like some like WWE guys are in town it'd be like, oh, we go and you know get to see guys you don't see and gotcha. forever, you know. But uh, yeah, there was there was a crew of it's guys. Kind of a Fun thing though. Yeah, yeah. It just there was a crew of guys that was there yeah. every. Every week and uh or is that or the Doubletree tree bar. But <laughs> right. yeah, the Ale House was like grand central for debauchery and because All everyone and- like, the, now
0: yeah. now in in WWE everyone kinda travels around, does their own thing, goes to different places, but it's always cool when there's a the one place in the middle that everyone knows sure. right, right, to go right. there. You know? And it's
1: rare to even find guys to go out anymore. I know, you right? Know? Like we're still we're still the guys that are like, Well, eh, let's go grab a grab a beverage at the bar. Like that's just there's just- few and far between anymore it man. is a I rare think. thing yeah.
0: we were in japan last year after this show at the sumo hall and it was a great time and we got this somebody's gonna take us out and i could i rounded up the strange crew of doc the doctor uh xavier woods and the colognes and me <laughs> <laughs> that was all i could find like, you guys don't want to go out and do anything i know but man. that's the way it's become right that's yeah, well, but flair that was there did he i'm sure he went out. oh yeah, yeah yeah flair
1: was there he would he would normally uh he was like a DoubleTree bar guy. He would be in the bar, and
0: yeah, I, I, I had a
2: couple that, nights. The DoubleTree bar would they would close it off, so it wasn't like yeah, fans was, coming yeah. up to you and be like, "Hey, can we take a quick picture?" Like right. the ale house, you'd be eating, and hey, we don't want to bother you, and but, but you we will
1: anyways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, Let's take a photo. Let's sign this, and blah blah. Or blah. Or they so. go like, I, "I hate to bother you," and I'd be like, "No, you don't. You know what? I hate spinach, so I don't eat it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't hate to bother me. Yeah, if you did not hate it so much. Yeah, Flair would Flair would always be in there. It got to the point where like after you know hanging. You know, having a beer or having some drinks with Ric Flair is like, this Ric Flair this is awesome. But after a while, it'd be like, you know, dragging my bags in. And he'd be sitting at the bar, and Casman. I'd be, oh god, <laughs> I saw like, me. like, oh, he saw me. Now I'm I have to, to go, go underneath the yeah, ring. like, oh, I don't want my liver to fall out. To
0: my <laughs> own. Were you guys big, big wrestling fans when you were kids? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Man, who, 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 were you, who were your favorites?
1: Growing up in Southern California, I got um, all WWF the only way I knew anything about other wrestling was through the after mags or mm-hmm. the wrestler inside wrestling. Yeah, P. yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, the guys I initially gravitated towards were Tito Santana's, Ricky Steamboat, British Bulldogs, uh, smaller guys that mm-hmm. were athletic. So... um like Hulk hogan but like yeah i I always gravitate bret hart later on Shawn michaels obviously the smaller athletic style did you go hang
0: around where they stayed and everything
1: uh no i I would go to the shows at the sports arena the la sports arena when they ran the house shows um Mm. i remember my first one was hulk hogan versus terry funk and uh, wow!
0: Was, yeah, yeah. They had, a, they had a WWE show with Hogan versus
1: 1986. Really? I was a little kid. 1986 at the sports arena. Hogan versus Terry Funk. They were they were only there for a very short yeah. time. It was Jimmy Jack Funk was the uh, third man. Yep. I remember. It. Wow! Yep. Yeah, that was my first. So I'd go to all the shows out there, and uh, no, I never I never bothered to, because I just you know I liked watching Watch it the show then, and, 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 the and, and yeah. How
2: about you, Chris? I grew up in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, so I was a Crockett Promotions Mid Atlantic NWA guy. So. Like, my first, I remember my first live event, and this was sort of, the reason I thought of this was because he just recently passed, but it was uh, Blackjack Mulligan and Jim Brunzel wrestling the Mass Superstars.
0: Wow. And so... Um, NWA show? Yeah, yeah, this was,
2: well, really? pro- uh, Mid-Atlantic, okay, so Rocket Promotion. Okay, so yeah. before, before it was all NWA, but yeah, and so like my first favorite was Magnum TA. Mm. And uh, I got to see him live, wrestle Flair, wrestle Tully Blanchard, and then... Um, what was, the,
0: what was the, uh, the 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 draw for Magnum T A? Because growing up in Canada, I just would see him in the magazines. Never saw a match, but he was super over, right? Yeah, at the
2: time, Magnum Pi was the big television show, and he had a, a passing resemblance to Tom Selleck, <laughs> and so that's that's where the name came from. They called him Magnum T A, fine and he mustache. was a burly, yeah, a, a burly mustache. Yeah, absolutely, and just you know, he was a handsome dude. I remember. I remember going to the shows, and oh my God, there's a Magnum Ca program. They had a, a program just for Magnum Ca, and I'm like, oh, this is cool, this is cool. And then I opened one page, and it was like a picture of him getting out of the shower in a towel. And I was like, wait a minute, why is that in there? And I was like, oh, I'm not the demographic that that picture is aimed at. they also the motorcycle
1: yeah. Yeah. one, where he's like sprawled out. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I just I thought he was cool. A because
2: the first time the first time I ever saw him, he. Gave the belly to belly suplex to Kamala, and I was like, oh my oh, god! Yeah, the belly to belly suplex a was great; it was just out of nowhere. And then he did it to Kamala, which was mind-boggling at yeah. that point. How in can life. he do
0: this? Exactly, He's exactly. So strong,
2: yeah, yeah. So yeah, so those guys. And then once he had the accident, and Nikita Koloff turned face and that was a big deal in in the territory. And uh, I got to see like the Rock and Roll Express beat the Russians for the belts, which was one of my That's favorite great. matches that I ever saw as a kid.
0: It's amazing how it was back then, because like you said, there was no YouTube uh, to check out the different places. You could just hear about it. Like I remember hearing about Mid-South Atlantic or hearing about like, you know, uh, Olympic, the Olympic Auditorium, Mm -hmm. California Wrestling, Chavo Guerrero, whatever those guys, Mm -hmm. but you would never have any idea. It was like Columbus and, and the world is, you know, you'd never see it.
2: Well, right around this time, this was like the advent of cable. So all of a sudden, in addition to the stuff I was getting on my UHF, all of a sudden I watched WWF tuesday night titans on usa or you'd watch awa and world class on espn so all of a sudden the stuff that i was reading about in the after magazines i could all of a sudden see that on television mm. i pretended i had just motion like i had a remote control <laughs> this was before remote controls this was <laughs> yeah.
0: turning the dials. the dials get so, up um, kid and change the channel yeah, exactly Or yeah. well,
1: renting vhs's that's how right 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 that's how i got was renting renting
0: coliseum video wrestlemania yep, one
1: because i saw Thunderlips and clever Lang on the on the because I knew oh, them from Rocky. Oh wow! And my mom rented it for me, and, and I was, saw Tito Santana wrestle, and I was hooked. <laughs> what, did you Did you ever spend any
2: time in the WWE, Chris? Um, not not specifically. I did one of the camps that they did with Dory Funk Jr. at Titan Towers in '98, mm-hmm. but um, that was the like the extent of any sort of contract stuff. Like I did dark matches after that, and you know when they were in town or even remotely close, I would drive and do. But dark just never, matches and,
0: just never stuck.
2: Never stuck, yeah, yeah. I Just the timing. Like, I never had one of those instances where they came to me and said, all right, kid, here's your shot. It was mm-hmm. like, hey, you're available to wrestle. And so I would do dark matches or I would do heat or I would do jacked or the the, the occasional syndicated show. But never anything that was, like, long-term or, like, planned out. Like, Who did you train with? Uh, I trained in Chicago in a place called Windy City Pro Wrestling with a guy named Sam DeCero who was one of the Max brothers. Uh, they were sort of an underneath tag team in the AWA and um in the chicago scene too they were a big deal but like they were in the awa that's how i knew them and sam was trained by randy savage so that was the only school that i knew of though this was 93 when i got Mm -hmm. trained and so um i I was just like okay well the awa i know that he's right got a good school i'll go there and because at that point i was like 180 pounds he sort of understood that they were going to be smaller guys coming into his school, and so he was like, "All right, well, we have heavyweight and we have middleweight class, and we have lightweight classes." And so I was like a lightweight at mm-hmm. that point, and mm-hmm. we were doing, you know, what ended up becoming the cruiserweight style because that was what I watched, right, and, like, and uh, that was what I gravitated towards at that point. So, how
0: about you, Frank? Who did you train with? Killer Kowalski. Oh, you're a Boston guy. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm, I'm, well, I'm a Southern California guy, but I moved out there to train the right, Boston trainer. Yeah. That's, where, that's where I right tra- Yeah, uh, and uh, it came about from sending away and getting one of those books on how to become a professional wrestler by Percy Pringle or by what did you get it when I mean, uh, the back of a yeah, back, oh, The back of like the back of uh, the, one of the after mags. It said was, how to become a there professional was two wrestler. Of them. One was written by King Kong Bundy and someone else. And <laughs> one was written by Percy Pringle and someone else. And it's like how to enter the wacky and wonderful world of pro wrestling. So, and I sent my $10 in and they basically sent you uh, a, a book, like a thin book, 30, 40 pages. Um, and it's, you know, Get gear, get trained right, uh, you know, look the part, get a tan, you know, (laughs) basically all that, you know. And then at the back, it was like, here's a list of credible wrestling schools. Really? Yeah, so there was all these addresses. So I mailed letters to the WCW power plant, to the Hart Camp, and to Kowalski's. Because those, out of all the uh, schools, I I was like, okay, I know who Killer Kowalski is. Yes. I know who the Hart's are, obviously, and I know what WCW is. WCW sent me back a letter saying like oh well come to the camp and it costs this much money uh i think the smith camp or the i'm sorry the Hart camp sent me a letter and i actually met brett hart and uh, asked him i said hey i'm an aspiring wrestler uh you have any recommendation on where to go get trained? And he said, uh, "Killer Kowalski's turning out a lot of good students." And I was like, wow, "Why didn't he recommend? Why didn't he recommend his own?" I didn't know anything at the time, so I'm like, "Okay." Just, quick segue. I had the same thing. I saw Brett right before
0: at the gym because they used to work out at the Gold's Gym in Winnipeg. Yeah, and I told him, man "I'm going to I'm going to the Hart Brothers Wrestling Camp." He's like, "That still exists." <laughs> and I was like, "But shouldn't you know? Like, aren't you all friends? Aren't you a part right. of it? You know?" And just just it's, it's walked It's the away. dungeon, right? Yeah, it's, right. this is the famous dungeon. Aren't Isn't you great? a guest trainer on Thursdays? Right? Right? Yeah, no. that's what they told. Me. I'm not going. <laughs> so uh,
1: based on that, I said, "Well, if Bret Hart told me to go to Kowalski's, I'll go there." Only problem was if it was in Massachusetts, so mm. saved up, scrapped together the money I could, and made the hike to from Southern California. Did you drive or fly? I drove. You drove. I, took, I had a, I had a 1983 Chevy Citation that was a piece of shit. Blew <sighs> out two tires in Amarillo, Texas. Had all my belongings in the back. Drove, drove, got there. In like How did you five. get the the tires fixed? Well, I had a um. Uh, and all my stuff in the back, it was a hatchback, and the ugliest car uh, in human history. Uh, blew out the first one, unloaded all my stuff out of the back, put the spare on, driving about another 20 minutes around the road, bam, the other one goes. I'm like, oh my God. Hmm. And we, this is like right on the outskirts of Amarillo, pulled into a mall. And there was like a Sears Auto, and I'm like, God, oh, lucky that there was one. Right Thank there. God, yeah, because yeah, it, was, it was. I was literally driving on that for only a few miles, and just told him to replace the two back tires, and like gave him some, gave him money. I was like, Oh, which I was already hurting for. That was half of your savings. Exactly. The, yeah. So yeah, and finally made it up to, made it up to uh, Massachusetts. Was Kowalski actually training? Mm-hmm. He was there. Uh, he was there. I had the luxury of, um, becoming friends with him, meaning like he would pick me up at my where I lived and we'd go like have breakfast or go to church or whatever and then go to then go to the class so i would always get there 2 hours before everyone else cuz he was perpetually mm. early so uh we would get there and he would literally get in the ring and show me stuff and or just sit there and talk and tell me stuff so i had a lot more hands on training from killer than other guys did cuz at the time he was in his late 70s right and so he was you know a lot of times he would sit outside and he, if he saw something that was good, he would say it was good. If he more than often he would say if that was the shits, it was the shits. And how does he say it though? That was the shit. Stop. Stop. Dude. Why would he would always do this? Like we would um, <laughs> we'd put a match together and it would be like a tackle drop down. And so like we'd start off, headlock, tackle drop down. As soon as you do drop down, stop, stop, that's the shits. Why you know do that again? He make the guy get on the ground. If a guy did that, I'd stomp him. He'd stomp the guy, and I'd be like, "Okay, I'm, I'm sorry." Like, it's it's just, because
0: Perry Saturn has the exact same impression. Oh yeah, everybody Buckles does. The shits. Oh that's oh yeah. I think so, Hunter too. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: it was. Uh, but you know what? It was it was terrifying because he's a a giant man, mm-hmm. and he was it was just he was really intimidating. But at the same time, the absolute sweetest man i ever met and you know at least you know you're getting trained properly exactly like that exactly and uh you know you're paying your dues and he was such a sweetheart and literally i would not have you know had the career i had without without that yeah tell
0: me a little bit about your your, uh, wcw experience chris you mentioned that you were there and i know that you were there right before they went into the how did you get signed
2: um i had a dark match uh when wcw when nitro did la I had a dark match against a guy named Mikey Henderson and Kevin Sullivan was in charge at that point. And so he called me, this was like in January of 2000 and he called me he says, how'd you like to join? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Uh, and so I said, I have one last tour of Japan. Uh, cause I was working for mission Pro and I actually had one of their championships at the time. And I said, I-, I have one last tour of Japan. I will give them my notice and I'm all yours at that point. And so I signed the contract. I went over to Japan and while I was in Japan, I, this was when Kevin got fired and Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff got hired. And I don't know if you remember the the night that everything changed in Denver, Colorado. That Nitro where they basically vacated all the titles and gave the titles to the people that they wanted to give them to in the ring. That was supposed <laughs> to be my debut under Kevin's regime. Oh. But he got let go. I came in and I called WCW and I was like, uh... The guy that hired me is gone now. Do I still have a job? And they're like, "Yeah, you signed a contract with WCW, not Kevin Sullivan." So, yeah, you have a job. So, I would call in and, you know, the they would have you call the number to see if you were If you're booked. booked yeah. And so I would call in and all of a sudden I was on the list and so I started traveling. And uh, I remember Vince Russo, this was um my first the first day I traveled on that deal. Uh, was when Goldberg wrestled Vince Russo in Atlanta. And so I was in Atlanta by myself. I rented a car. And uh, they said, yeah, Vince Russo has some ideas that he wants to talk to you about. So just wait for him uh, at the end of the night. And and he wants to uh, give you the ideas that he has. I was like, awesome, great. So he goes and he wrestles this match. And he's tired. And at the end of the show, he went back to where Bob Ryder and Jeremy Brash were doing the internet show. And I'm like waiting for him. And he's still doing all that stuff. And like an hour, hour and a half after the show's done, Finally, he's got time to see me. And I walk up to him. I'm I'm like, Christopher Daniels, nice to finally meet you, sir. Thank you for everything. He goes, great, great. So what ideas do you have? And I go, wait, (laughs) you don't have the ideas? So then I pitched him like me being the fallen angel, which I had been doing on the indies. And we talked a little bit. And somehow that turned into me being Vampiro's boss. Like, they wanted to pitch me, like, the the pitch to me was, okay, well, if Vampiro is Darth Vader, you're going to be the emperor. And so they literally had me shoot one <laughs> segment, a backstage segment, where I'm in a hood, I'm in a big cloak, and I'm sitting sideways. So, like, the camera's, like, shooting me profile, and I'm talking to him, and they wanted me to do this wacky voice. And... Talk about gathering souls for the upcoming (laughs) harvest. And I could do all this stuff, and I'm like, great, I think that went well. And then they play it live, and I'm in the locker room, and uh, they play the segment live, and all of a sudden it ends, and Jeff Jarrett, who happened to be there, goes... What the hell was that shit? And I'm just like, oh, so, didn't see you in the corner. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, he didn't know who it was because I was all covered up, so you didn't see my face at all. Just this terrible voice saying things about souls. And you're like, and yeah, stuff.
0: what was that? That was the like, shit. Oh, that's yeah.
2: me, sir. And yeah, and that was it. Like the next week, they're like, oh, that didn't go the way we wanted to, and we're gonna change the direction and. And to me, I was like, it didn't make any sense for me to be revealed as Vampiro. Because Vampiro, at that point, was a big star. He was doing stuff with Sting. Right. And I was like, I had no name. So for them to go like, hey, everybody, it's Christopher Daniels as Vampiro's boss. You're like, who? Exactly. And I was like, oh. So I I knew, like, once that got done, I just waited. I just kept showing up and like, what do you got for me today? Oh, nothing. And I sat and I traveled with them for like six months and didn't wrestle again. I, I did one Thunder match. Or no, not Thunder. Um... A worldwide match with chris candido that that weekend in atlanta uh and then like i traveled with them for six months and then one day i got a call from jj dinner who was like you know for the amount that you're wrestling and the amount we're paying you um you're not wrestling a whole lot and i was like that's not on me right, yeah, like, yeah. it's not like i'm asking for the days off you guys aren't booking me and so he let me go and then the next week they were in long beach doing thunder and I showed up, and they gave me a a, a thunder match or a, a worldwide match again. And they were like, "I thought you were fired." And I was like, "I am fired. I'm just doing this." He just pulled like a yeah, I'm a local. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm a local guy today, even though I was just under
1: contract two weeks ago.
0: When you were talking about doing those dark matches, Frank, did they ever ask you to cut your
1: hair? Uh, they, they asked Do me that when I was story? when I was actually there when I was yeah. actually employed. Yeah. Okay, oh, because you actually got, had a gig. Yeah, we had. A job How did there. you get a get, uh, job there? Uh, Tommy I remember Dreamer. this, Tommy Dreamer. Uh, Nova, who I was, uh, Mike Bouchie was yeah. a pal of mine and we were tag team partners back in the day and he was working there at the time. And, and I remember literally just reading something about, uh, WWE issue statement. They're not hiring anybody that's not at least six foot and not at least 200 pounds. I'm yeah. like, Ugh. I'm like, well, and I did have a contract with TNA at the time. I, they had <laughs> astonishingly TNA had forgotten to, uh, <laughs> roll me over. So I was just basically working, you know, contract free. And, uh, I told Nova this and he told Tommy this and dreamer calls me and he's like I hear you don't have a contract with GNA and I'm like <laughs> uh, I I don't and he's like would you like to come work here and I was like I'd love to but I didn't think they were hiring cuz it was kind of shocked so I sent him my contract and they sent it to legal and he's like you're free to go so I um so I went uh signed and sat at home and sat at home I signed in February and sat at home and sat at home, sat at home. And it was at the point where I was calling, like, Johnny. And I was like, hey, I'd love to come. to." Like, they put me on the road the first few weeks and just did dark matches and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was hearing nothing. And I was, like, I was getting almost, like, I was, like, I don't want ring rust to kick in, you know. And you just sit. It's frustrating. I was just, like, sitting at home. And, was, you know, people like, don't worry about it. Just get paid. But so you can you can yeah. tell me that at the time. And, you know, and still, I like to work. Of course. Um, and, uh... You know, and and then uh, so I'm calling I'm calling Johnny. He's like, "Well, do you want to move to Atlanta?" And I'm like, "No, like, I, not necessarily." <laughs> but uh, and so then they they sent me to OVW for one week, and I did that, which was cool because that was like Lance Storm's like last week training there, so it was cool to you know learn a little bit from him, pick his brain and stuff, and then and then they put me on the road for uh, I started on doing velocity matches, and I was there for a few months doing that, and then the suggestion was to cut my hair, and uh, at that point I was so a I wasn't mature enough. To be there um all i knew about wrestling was some japan tna and indies i didn't know how to treat it as a business mm-hmm. and that's a hundred percent on me uh they could have suggested hey switch your tights and i would have done the same right, right i was it was literally it was like you know what no i'm not gonna you know you brought me in to do this i'm not gonna do that uh and i was i'm I have a rebellious spirit mm-hmm. uh and it's it's cost me jobs and stuff but i but i you know i I wasn't ready. If I would have stayed, I wouldn't have lasted long anyways, just because I wasn't mentally ready to treat it like a business right. the way, you know, that, that grind of it. Yeah, right. Exactly. I it was still, and in the back of my mind, I knew oh, I can go back to TNA cause they told me if, if anything happens, you can come back. Uh, well that was, you know, I sat at home for nine <laughs> months doing indie. So, uh, that, yeah, it was, you know, how, I, how long was it when, when they asked you to cut your hair until you got let go? Uh, that next, uh, that the conversation happened and I, Got home and I called Johnny. I called Johnny. And I said uh, I don't want to cut my hair, and he goes, "Let me ask you a question. Do you want to work here?" And I go, "Honestly, no, I don't." I said it's not meeting my expectations, and uh, again, that's not on them. Yeah, it's yeah. the WWE. That's that's on me. I had a chip on my shoulder at the time. I was like I said, I was young. I didn't know what to expect, and I wasn't having fun. I was why I felt I felt more comfortable back when I was doing dark matches. Like I said, when I was plopping yeah, my yeah, back, yeah. everyone seemed a lot more friendly back then. It just when I was there. As an employee, I felt like I was walking on eggshells all the time. And uh, that could be me. That could just be or, a character flaw in not me. Not knowing any better. Exactly. You, you know, but uh, it just – and it wasn't – you know, it just – it didn't meet my expectations. And I I've take never, 100% responsibility. I've never
0: told you this before because we've never really talked about this. I was standing uh, talking to Vince, and Johnny came over. And they mentioned your name, and that he said, he said, he said that he doesn't want to cut his hair. And just like, well, maybe you should get rid of him, John. And I was like, "Okay, Vince, I'll be over here," because <laughs> I had this idea, and I was like, "Fight first." Well, maybe you should get rid of him
1: then. And I was like, "Okay."
0: So that's what I was like. That that was the yeah. that was, must have been that right when it. you said, yep. "I don't want to cut right my hair." When I
1: called him, yeah, how ball, a ballsy <laughs> oh, or no. stupid, you know? But like, it was just like one of those things, like. You know, like this is when they were revamping the cruiserweight division, which, oh, which you know, didn't didn't last yeah. either. And I was like, okay, well, you, it's you, not a cruiserweight company, right? It's it's not, absolutely not. It's not but it's like you tell thing, me you're, you know, bring me in to do this, and I have this certain look, and, and yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. just you know, it is what it is. I don't sure. I don't regret anything. Could mm-hmm. things have been different? Maybe, but I'm pretty pretty thrilled well, I mean, with the way there's things there's turned There's a lot out. of
0: places to go in, in 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 the wrestling world, you know, and, and if you guys are good, you'll always get a chance. Absolutely. But let's talk about. You mentioned Michinoka in Japan. I want to talk about. Uh, the uh, very mysterious uh, wrestler known as Curry Man. That bastard. Uh, kind of a bastard, yeah. Oh, complete um,
1: bastard. Owes like. you money, right? And a year of my life. Yeah. Yes.
0: Money and a year of my life. <laughs> yes. And he's an alcoholic. Okay. So. <laughs> so, Curry Man, for those of you that have been initiated, uh, mask with a giant bowl of curry on the top of it. Yes. And uh, I know Michinoku was uh Lucha Libre influenced com- company, but very wacky gimmicks as well.
2: Yeah, they, they did a. Uh, Every four years, they did a tournament, a round robber tournament called the Massman Man Tournament. And literally, in April of 1999, I did a tour as myself, a week tour. And at the end of that, they said, oh, we'd love you to come back uh, in May for the Massman Man Tournament, and we'll take care of it. And I go, okay. So I get there the first day of that tournament, and a guy named Kendo, who was uh, a Spanish-speaking wrestler, older gentleman— uh, he came up to me and said, I know Kendo. Yeah yeah. From Kendo. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, yeah, yeah, um, Crazy, weird flying, like spinning and jumping. Yeah, and he and... would do the jumping gimmick yeah, yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. the feet. And he looked man. like he was about 60 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he says to me, Ah, you're
2: Karema. And I go, I don't know what Karema is, but okay. So then... 20 minutes later, they hand me the T-shirt that has all the names of the characters on the shirt in the tournament. And it says, Curry Man. And I go, is that me? Yes, that's you. And so he he, he tried to describe it to me. He tried to describe it to me early. He was like, ah, I think your mask uh, maybe food. And I go, like, Carmen Miranda? Like, do I have, like, apples and oranges on the top of my skull? And I see it. And uh, there was a character in uh, Hinnikuman, which was a ca- uh, a cartoon over there. Uh, basically translated as Muscle Busters, called Curry Cook. And it was a, a guy with a bowl of rice and curry on his head. And so that was um their idea. Jinsei Shin- Shinzaki, who was Hakushi, he was sort of like the main creative guy. And he was like, oh, this is the character I want to give you. I was like, okay. And uh, I had no idea how to play it. I literally played the first two weeks as Apu from The Simpsons because that was my only (laughs) influence in terms of Indian. So I would hit a move, and I'd be like, oh, so sorry, so sorry. And finally, Grand Hamada was like, he saw me getting frustrated because I had no idea how to play this character. He's like, just go wrestle. Stop screwing around. Just wrestle. So after that, I was like, all right, and just did my stuff. Now you're playing it straight. Yeah, just wrestling. Yeah, literally just wrestling. And then after a while, I was like, wait a minute, I'm ridiculous. I have a bowl of food on my head. So then I just started having fun. I wrote the words, eat me, in Japanese, on my arm. Uh-huh. And uh, I started doing the wacky dance and doing the big hat that covered up the, the, oh, the
0: ball. Oh, nice. And so then
2: I started having fun, and then it started to get over, and all of a sudden, I was pretty much on every tour.
0: Wasn't there, wasn't there a little mustache, too, Korean Man? Like a little Fu Manchu mustache? No, no, mask? no. He had teeth.
2: He oh. had wacky teeth. Uh, it looked like a, a, a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> yeah, with shark teeth. Yeah. Uh, and just a wacky grin. And so, like, uh, I started... They gave me a a yellow singlet and, like, Sabu baggy pants. So I was this big yellow thing. And I was like, "The heck with that. I'm changing my gear. So I ended up basically getting a pair of biker short-style trunks yeah. and wearing a half shirt because I was covering my tattoo so that nobody knew that was Christopher Daniels. And I basically looked like Billy Gunn without all the muscles and uh, <laughs> the strength. Uh, and I would wrestle like that. And I did the hat and the wacky dance and... <laughs>
0: Years past. No did, did, did you have like a, like a signature move for... Uh, the spice drop. Well,
2: they called it the spicy drop. And then in the U.S. I ended up calling it the spice rack, which I thought was
0: wildly clever. And then they never <laughs> talked about it again in TNA, Shocking. which is weird, but...
1: Shocking. Uh,
0: yeah, so I thought that was clever. And, and, and then when they did do it in TNA a couple of times, you had like this wacky psychedelic uh, green screen behind you with the dance and stuff. Right. Well, I,
2: I pitched the idea doing... Curry Man and TNA because I had sort of come to the end of trying to do the fallen angel thing. I kept finding it, it never got over the way I wanted to. And I finally realized that I was sort of playing a character that I wasn't invested in. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, look, you guys keep asking me, why are you called the fallen angel? And you can do one of two things. Like instead of trying to make me this big religious character like I had always envisioned supposed it. To be
0: like a cult leader or something. Yeah, it was supposed okay. to be it was
2: based on like David Koresh. I gotcha. wanted to be like this leader of men. And sorta of basically what Bray Wyatt is doing now, that was what I wanted to be, was this guy that, you know, spoke in mysterious thing tones and, and but it was very much more specifically religious. Like he was God's gift and gotcha. God chose him and you know, all the things that happened Bad to you were because you were bad and God was punching you. I was great. God loves me, blah, blah, blah. So I realized I wasn't really 100% into that. So I said, look, you can just make the fallen angel a nickname like Nature Boy or Heartbreak Kid because Shawn Michaels doesn't literally break hearts every time Mm -hmm. he goes into the ring. You can just make that a nickname or I can be Curry Man. And they said, ah, Curry Man. And so I did a year in TNA as Curry Man. A whole
0: year. A whole year. And people get
2: into it? Well, yeah. Well, originally... I wanted to do sort of like the yellow dog thing where you knew it was me. Like I would come out and talk in my regular voice and they'd be like, we think you're Christopher Daniels. And I'm like, no, I'm obviously Japanese. Listen to this accent. I'm obviously <laughs> Japanese. Uh, Christopher Daniels isn't, you know? And so then Jarrett came to me and he says, no, no, no. We, we want to play this up like you're a completely different person. So they, they suggested me doing the bodysuit and I put a wig in the mask so that I had hair underneath and completely played it.
1: Did the Liger voice. Yeah,
2: I did the Liger voice.
1: Which is yeah. what's that? Uh
2: Liger's voice is like, ah, uh, uh, maybe today, uh you, me, uh really a bit wrestling, then uh maybe switch, then uh brain bustle. okay. Yeah,
0: that'll be uh, fine. Maybe really? yes. Maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe something action, maybe action action, 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 something, something, something.
2: something, something. Then switch, <laughs> then finish. Okay. So yeah, so that was that was my thing. And uh That's perfect, by the I way. Did, I did it I I did the first couple times. I saw. I thought, okay, he speaks no English. so And I didn't know a whole lot of Japanese. So I would go out there and just mention, I would say Japanese wrestlers' names. And the only people that would get it would be the people that knew Japanese wrestling. So I'd come out and I'd go, Ah, Masawa Mitsuharu, uh, Ikuto uh, you know, all this stuff. And Mike Tane on television, he goes, Ah, he's naming off all the Japanese wrestlers, you know. And I go, no, that's supposed to be Japanese words. <laughs> they some, don't know. Don't blow my god. So then, like three months down the road... I was like, wait a minute, I've been in the U.S. for a while, so now I'm going to start talking in English. So I started doing the, the Liger voice, and, ah, today, ah, Kazu, you and me tag, we're wrestling, ah, so enthusiastic, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah oh, ah, nice. maybe, ah, today, no, maybe this, maybe, maybe you tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and did, so, did you have any other gimmicks, or was it always Frankie Kazarian? Uh,
1: I was, um, well, I was brooding Raven, uh, Lackey Kaz for a while. Oh. I, I was goth for about four months, yeah. Okay, I <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh there there's rumors that i was uh the suicide character but
2: Mm. Everyone knows that that was Samoa Joe. Yeah, Samoa
1: Joe and Angelina Love. In separate, <laughs> Obviously. separate
0: spots. Obviously, Ovs. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ovs, come on. But, uh, yeah, Would, yeah not, there were rumors that we were both the suicide uh, character, no, which uh, were... Oh. There was a rumor that I was the suicide character, actually. Now, was, someone thought I was Sin Cara when he first came in. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> this is, here's a Jericho's going back, you Sin Cara. Like, first of all, I can't do that. And second, yeah. really? I mean, come <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, uh, you know, Rick Rude, but there's a little bit of a in the body type here. <laughs> right. What was the curry uh, bowl made of? Uh,
2: they just... Uh, the mask guy in japan he made it out of this like it was like a leather first of all the 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 bowl itself was like just a pad it was like a foam pad yeah and then he stitched this white leather around the top of it so it looked like a bowl and uh just like he would make uh first it was just just straight white on one side and whatever color the mask was like if it was a yellow (laughs) mask it was yellow and then he got more and more creative. Like, every time I would go to Japan, he'd be like, oh, he a new mask. And then I'd be like, oh, this has rice and carrots in it. Because there would be orange <laughs> and green spots. And then I was like, okay. Uh-huh. So it was just different colored stuff. And he would add to it every time. And it was just more and
1: more ludicrous. <laughs> Japanese people,
0: did they, uh, like they like weird stuff like that. You yeah, know, like goofy, yeah. And
2: I think stuff. I somehow it got over. Like, I think part of me just going out there and like, the hell with it. I'm going to go out there and have fun. And the heck with what everyone else says. That, for some reason, got... You committed to yeah, it. exactly. And, right. and um, yep. at, a, at a certain point, like, they invited me... New Japan invited me to do the Best of the Super Juniors for a year, uh, in one year. And I got to know, like, Liger. I did the tour with Liger and all those guys. And at the end of it, he says, please come back, please come back. And I was like, would you like me to come back full-time? Because Mishinoku wasn't doing a lot of tours at that point. And I was like, I'd love to come to New Japan. And so Sasuke who was the boss at Mishinoku, I asked him if it was cool, and he was like, yeah, go. So I went to New Japan for a year and a half, maybe two years. Wow. did, yeah. So,
0: I mean... Different... Uh, Mishinoku's a very small high school gymnasium company, basically, and obviously New Japan's New Japan's.
2: Yeah, I mean, this was 2003, 2004, so it's not like it is now, but mm-hmm. it was still... Still, You know, the yeah. difference between being... You know, to them at that point, that was WWF to me. It well, yeah. was like the Japanese WWF. So but was Michinoku like,
0: yeah. was famous for being like a very small promotion that would literally go to high schools and everyone would sit on the floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right?
2: yeah. I mean, not, it wasn't always like that. They would do bigger shows that would be in, yeah, venues, of course. But like on the touring schedule, lots of basketball basketball gyms, mm-hmm. and they would lay out the tarps on all four sides of the ring, and people would sit on the floor. Was, was there
0: uh, other wacky gimmicks there? Um,
2: the mass tour that I did. Uh, the characters that they made up for the thing because they had you know Grand Naniwa and Tiger Mask and Sasuke who were established characters, but there was Curry Man, there was basically a, a black mouse named Dakochan. Chan. It was basically Mickey Mouse ears, and he was uh, the kid that played him was Jody Fleisch, who uh-huh. uh, wrestled in uh-huh. in England, and um, and then there was another British guy uh, named uh, God, what was his name? Uh, anyway, he wrestled as White Bear. And he was just white, just White Bear. And they were like, ah, it's White really Bear. yeah. And bottom of the barrel for gimmicks, right? Just, yeah, just making stuff up. So, Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I, I remember Grand Ni- Niwa, he was uh, like a crab. Right, right, right. And, um... I worked him a few times and he would walk the ropes and he'd make a crab the motion. Deal. Yep. Oh, yeah. And if you look on the, uh, the only time I was ever on the front cover of uh, Weekly Gong magazine, right. which was at the end of a Super Junior Tournament, I won, like, the Fighting Spirit Trophy. And... I'm doing this where you think I'm doing like you know the peace, peace yeah. I'm actually doing the crab sign because I was laughing actually with Ben while we were laughing how stupid the crab guy was like because he would go. It's oh, oh, yeah, still yeah, replicated yeah, yeah. to this day. We still do that. Oh, right? yeah. oh, oh yeah, yeah, he oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. They take his yeah. mask off. He's just this nerdy looking like chubby <laughs> Harry Potter glasses wearing guy. He
2: took me. He took me to uh, after the second week of that first tour as Curry Man they brought me into a curry restaurant and they were like, Oh, we're going to do a feature on you. We want you cooking the curry. So I was in my mask doing the curry and they're like, okay, now take a bite. And I took a bite and it was the worst thing I'd ever eaten. I hated it. And I got so, and this point I was like, I didn't know what I was doing. So I, uh, Naniwa took me out, and we got wildly, wildly drunk. And I was just like, man, I don't understand this. And he was like, chika-chika-chika, it's okay. You play, have fun, no problem. <laughs> wildly drunk. The next day, we wrestled in a, par- uh, a parking lot, and I remember taking a bump, like the, a tackle, and I was like, oh, I feel uh, too
0: ill. The bubbling crew. He's yeah, right, like, relax, you koi man, I'm a f***ing crab. <laughs> yeah, Think exactly. how bad it is for me. Did you spend any time in Japan?
1: I, I did some stuff with Zero One uh, when they uh, first started like, uh, 2001. So Otani was involved. Otani in was there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, uh, Samoa Joe was going over there a lot at the time. Uh, Steve Carino, mm. um, CW Anderson. How'd you like that style? Oh, like, it was cool. I dug it. Me and, uh, I first went over there. Nova and I went over as a tag and, um, we were tagging of course, and it was cool. I, I dug it. And then, uh, he got signed and I continued to go over for another year. Um, and it, it was, I, I loved it. I always mm. wanted to go to Japan. So that was a good, and, um, that lasted up until i started with tna and then uh, that was the end of that and then just recently last year we went back to new japan and did the tag league tournament and oh, i was there wow. earlier this year so yeah so like yeah. you said going back to japan
0: in 2015 for new japan oh, yeah. now it's became yeah 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 did you guys um uh and, and now being a team, are you mostly Ring of Honor now, or how how are you guys work in your bookings? We're both under contract with Ring of Honor. Yeah, okay, so so exclusively. I, I signed Ring in January, year. and he just recently. And signed.
1: Uh, so we we can still do stuff internationally and stuff, but mm. uh, as far as in the states, it's all. But let's all talk Ring about of Ring of Honor. I'm, yep. I'm glad I, I wasn't aware that you guys were specifically with them, but
0: it's becoming a thing. Like it's becoming a legit. Is it number two in America at this point?
2: Debatable. You, you certainly. Know? There are plenty of people that. Uh, would say that especially with the the troubles that tna has been going through in the mm. last two years mm-hmm. but um when i left there i was there in 2010 i'd left tna for a year they let me go and i went back to ring of honor at 2010 and when i they brought me back to tna and i was doing ring of honor and tna at the same time
0: really they allowed and,
2: that yeah well they the original plan was uh they wanted me to be suicide again uh-huh. they had they had He stopped being a mask character. Right, right, right. right. And so they wanted me to be suicide again. And Ring of Honor let me do a deal where uh, I signed a contract with them. And they said, if you are under a mask, you can go wrestle for those guys. Well, one day they call me and they go, hey, can you be here tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, what am I doing? They go, oh, you're going to be you because you're going to come back and save AJ from Bubba. Bubba. And so I went and I called Ring of Honor and I was like, and this, at this point, Ring of Honor, they were doing like one show a month. And I was like, hey, man, I need the work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember Carrie Silken was like, I'm not happy about this, but I'm not going to keep you, you know, I'm not going to make you starve. So go do what you got to do. And, um, you know, it was a little, a little uncomfortable. The next time I was at ROH, I went up in front of the, the locker room. I was like, look, guys, I'm not disrespecting you. I, this is an opportunity for me to feed my family. And so I did that for about two or three months. And right when... They got television with Sinclair when Sinclair bought Ring of Honor and started to do the Sinclair television shows now that are going on now. Um, I was the television champion and I dropped the belt to El Generico and uh, they had just started like Sinclair just bought the company. And they're like, OK, we're going to do all these good things. I go away for four years. I get let go. I come back and they're like, yeah, we'd love to have you back. And I was like, well, I've got a partner. Do you mind if I bring him with me? And I'm like, yes, bring him along. So we come back three, three and a half years later, and it's their first broadcast pay per view. Mm -hmm. And um, we were, I was, first of all, I feel very fortunate that they, you know, they could have absolutely said, we don't have any room for you, man. We've been Mm -hmm. building these guys up for the last three years. We have no room for you. But they, A, they gave me a spot. They gave him a spot. He'd never been in, he'd wrestled one match in Ring of Honor in his whole career. Yeah. And so uh, I felt very fortunate that they gave us the opportunity to uh, debut on their first.
1: And broadcast. at the time, our act, our tag act, was still hot. Like at least with the people, everyone loved it. You know, yeah. everyone loved our act when we were doing Bad Influence in TNA, uh, and it was it was getting over. And regardless. what was the act? Just the team? Or it was us? You... It was us uh, just, just doing the team, just doing Ticklebutt and do, just being us. Yeah, basically, <laughs> like, I it's it's sort of <laughs> like what the
2: New Day is doing now. Honestly, oh, really? it's, it's It was very much like us getting out there and and doing wacky stuff. I remember uh, one day we were on a loop uh, and there was an actual we were on a loop. How's your loop? I go to a mall in North Dakota and there's like a, a Zubaz kiosk. And I'm like, how many guys want Zubaz? So literally 13 wrestlers like, give me a pair of Zubaz. So he and I were like, hey, do we have the balls to wear this on national television? So we came out and we did a thing called Throwback Thursday. And we came out in Zubaz and ragtops and we wrestled in them.
1: Without asking. Yeah. Without, without asking, asking management. Yeah. And it was Thursday and it was like Throwback Thursday. So we right. did Zubaz. So the next time we did it, um, it, was, uh, it was overseas. We right. did, uh, we did uh, Braveheart. Uh, we did Braveheart it was wearing, a throwback like, yeah we, right. we threw it back to the you ah, know, to so the, well, you guys would make that your gimmick the, yeah. yeah yeah. so and every then, once in a while we would do throwback Thursdays in Chicago the-, the first time we did TV live we did uh, the Legion Road of worms. Boom <laughs> with again without asking we had <laughs> gear made like LOB gear, painted our face, L-O-B. and literally, when we were about to go out for our match, like Bruce Pritchard's like, Wait a minute, Wait, what's going on here? Or like, Ah, oh, Throwback Thursday. It's like, Dude, you can't Chicago. call yourself LOD, we're like, Well, no, we're L-O-B. LOB. Check L-O-B. it <laughs> out. Legion of Boom, Bruce. <laughs> so we did that. All right, yeah. all right. Yeah, and we did, all right. We did Siegfried and Roy in Las in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, we came out as Siegfried and Roy. Wait, and, uh, and, uh, the which light... last one we did, we yeah. were in
2: the UK and we came out as uh, the old school. Dynamite Kid, Davy Boy Smith. Yeah. We called ourselves the Best Coast Bulldogs. Wow! And they almost didn't let us do it. We were yeah. like, "Hey, we want to do this." We're like, "Nope, that'll get over yeah. too much." So oh, really? they put us. Yeah. Well, they it's said, too "You guys are going to steal. You guys are going to steal the segment," and that's not what the business is about. And we was like, "The business is us doing the job. Who cares what we're dressed as?" Mm-hmm. Yep. And they mm-hmm. fought us on it. We're like, "Fine." Business
1: and, is kind of about stealing the segment. That's, I was it? always taught if you can, if that red light's on, if you steal the segment, that's then, yeah, on you, follow yeah. that, right, dude? Exactly. Right, 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 so right. this, this was the battles we were continuously fighting at the end there, and that was. It. No, oh, it's going to steal. It's going to be too entertaining. And right then, I just threw my hands up, like, okay. Just that statement whatever. alone tells you why the, the TNA is in the style <laughs> It's, dire too, entertaining, it's yeah. too
0: entertaining, right?
1: Right? but stuff like that. So that became our shtick, and that's what people like. Oh, I loved your guys' throwback thursday, or I loved your impression of AJ, or I loved your, you know, cause what's the impression of AJ? Just we did it. We did I mean, a where thing where, where uh, AJ, uh, we, AJ left the company after the whole Claire Lynch thing. He got so frustrated upset and, and I,
2: I beat him in a match I beat him in what was billed as our last match ever yeah. and the next day he goes you know what I'm done with this and he so, leaves the company Yeah. and so him. I took credit for it and then one day I come out and I go you know what everybody we did say TNA did say it was gonna be the last time but we only met until the next time so let's let's bring out AJ and he comes out in
1: AJ's gear <laughs> pyro and everything the place goes crazy and they realize it's me and it's boo yeah and I get in and I'm just like Christopher Daniels I would like nothing more than to wrestle you one more time <laughs> But here's the thing, uh, and I just go into this whole thing. <laughs> here's the thing, well, because <laughs> because, um, yeah, he's just one of my best friends, yeah, so yeah. I just you know, I've just listened to him talk so much, and it was uh, I just finished working with top. him, and oh, yeah. uh, one
0: of the things when you're putting you to the match, he doesn't swear, right?
1: And not frick, frick,
0: frick, frick, and another one that he does is be like, okay, I'll pick you up up, like, come here, you, and then I'll throw you over there, so i yeah. go for my, come, come here, you, yeah. come here, you. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, you know, when you've been around someone for a while. And I'm still, by the way, I can't get out of my craw that there's still a Zubaz kiosk in North Dakota. But why wouldn't there be?
2: I lost my mind. I was like, I texted everybody on the roster, guys, guys, look, Zubaz. Literally, I had ten people like, hey, can you get me a pair of like, uh, I want pink and blue. I want, I want want the Rams. Give me the Rams colors. I don't even
0: know what the Rams colors are. It's like seeing a dinosaur. It's like there's one left. It's right there. That's right there. You mentioned that Ring of Honor brought you back with all these other guys, but I think. One of the reasons is that you guys are veterans at this point you're probably good to have guys like you in the locker room with so many young guys i would assume
2: yeah and and um we got it was fortunate like the situation in tna was we were the only established tag team and for some reason they kept going with everybody else makeshift us. teams yeah they would put teams together like makeshift guys we were always like if they wanted two baby faces to to go out there and have Uh, a competitive TV match. It was always us. You know, we wrestled, like, Bubba and Sting and Bubba and Jeff Hardy and all of these, you know, all these makeshift teams. And then we get to Ring of Honor and there's Red Dragon, the Young Bucks, the Briscoes, like, eight or nine different tag teams. War Machine, Uh, the All Night Express just recently came back. So now, like, it's almost an embarrassment of riches how many tag teams are there. And, like, the benefit for us at this point is, like, we're definitely not as a team specifically but like I'm 23 years in he's 18. almost okay 18 so like we're literally the that's most experienced years experience yeah. the we're guys. the most experienced guys in the ring at any given moment and so like that's sort
1: of been our go to is like And the, the tag team scene there's like like he was just mentioned all those names and I I love tag team wrestling and there's really a focus on a ring of honor which is cool there's an art know. form to it as well absolutely you know? it's just so exciting there's so much more you can
0: do in a tag match than I love having you know, tags. We yeah. had one last week on SmackDown, the first one I've had in ages. And it's just so much, you just go bing, boom, and you come in yeah. and make the save. You do this. You do it. It's it's Obviously,
1: singles matches are great, but a great tag team match, I don't think you can beat it. I, I agree 100%. You know? That's why I'm happy to be a tag team wrestler. I have no problem being a tag team. Mm. I've been a singles wrestler a long time. I have no problem being a tag team specialist. I love it. You know. There, um, I had the Young
0: Bucks on the show, and we were talking about the Meltzer driver. Oh, and yeah. how you guys helped them. I was the, yeah, I was
1: the, I, I made were the them first do it. One? Yeah, yeah. What, what did you, just, what did you do? Well, we. Uh, this is a crazy move. This was, it is a crazy move, and this was a PWG show. And PWG, I've, I've, yeah, I wrestled with those guys on their first show. I've been with them for a long time. I don't really work it's much. It's a small
0: building, right. but It sells real, out, and people exactly. are not. It's for real
1: it. niche product. Yeah. It's all you know. There's people that go there aren't even wrestling fans. or PWG fans, and, and. Uh, Literally every match is a can you top this, <laughs> and so this this night specifically, it was one of the All Star weekends, and there was just a ton of really really good matches, and we're like, okay, we can have a good match because we know those guys were friends with them. We've had a lot of really really good entertaining matches with them, and uh, Nick was telling me he's like, oh, yeah, we we're thinking to do in our finish, but I was going to front flip with it, and he just kind of said it in passing. And we we're putting it together. I said, dude, you have to do that move. I said, you have to. And he's like, real, I mean, you, you absolutely have to. Like. You know, we started that particular match with the young buck super kicking the announcer. Right, as the right, announcer right. name? They super kicked him and then we all beat the shit out Pumped of the announcer on top because of him why a not? Times first. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, then of uh, so, it was, so it was this that kind of match and I was like you have to, you know, we just the, the, the original thing was just came. supposed to be a springboard. It we was supposed to be a driver. springboard, yeah, springboard Tombstone and so this time he does it and he flips with it. And I said do it to me, man. I said you it's fine. I said as long as you can do it and I know you're athletic enough to do it, do it. So that night they busted it out and the it's, was it's the same bump for you either way right right right. right exactly. yeah, just close your no, eyes
0: and wait you <laughs> but don't, don't was, even see it yeah you don't exactly even see but it but he was just it
1: was like just an idea it's like oh it'd be cool if i did the front lip front flip and i'm like dude you have to you absolutely have to tonight I'm like, dude, you're absolutely doing it, and obviously
0: be, went bonkers and yep. be one nuts for it. Yep. Now you just did one the other day of like the best moon salt driver. We did a play
1: on it, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, we, we um, which is nuts. We yeah. we've been trying to have like one of the things about the young bucks at Ring of Honor, like they were always brought in as like an attraction, but they they never really had like a feud. They always would do dream matches, which is awesome. But after a while, you're like, okay, well they've wrestled everybody that they right. can wrestle. So uh, once we got there. And we were sort of out of the tag team title picture. And I said, "Well, let, let us let us be the antagonists, and let them be the babyfaces that they are. Like their act, they act sort of heelish, but it's the cool heel. Yeah, so they're over,
0: people love them, right? And exactly. We're, and so we're the let heels. us be the, the bad heels guys. Heels, let you us you know? be
2: the guys that are there to bump around for those guys. Yeah. And so we did a um, we did like a, a beatdown on them one night where we basically did all their moves to them and did a feud, and finally they were like." I said, what if we did this? Like, I went to them, I went to a show that they were at, and I was like, hey guys, do you think we could do the the Meltzer Driver, but if it's me doing the moonsault? And they both were like, yeah, we could do that. And so it just <laughs> happened, like, the next match that we did was us and them and the Motor City Machine Guns in a three-way, and it just so happened that we got the the The, the Duke the honors. Yeah, and, the favors for us
1: that night. Yeah, and, and so, yeah.
2: and I was like, it has to be that. Yep. It has to be that. If we never win another match again, that's the match which where we possible. do this move, and, and, and it turns into not yeah. just, hey, this is a cool move, but it's also, hey, we just topped you, Young Bucks, and yeah. now. So, d- wh- it adds so did to the you thing. have
0: him in a spike, I, in a power driver? A, yeah, and I, what did you do?
1: Did you moonsault? He does the best moonsault ever, which is the double yeah, jump. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah.
0: And I just bounced over, and as
2: I'm going over top of him, he sort of steps into position, and I just jammed. and. So, you land on my feet and, and that was jammed great. him yeah. as he does yeah.
0: this I, I happened to see it on, on YouTube and yeah. I, I had to watch it a couple of times but you also have to almost have it explained to you because you can't quite figure it out like right. what the hell they just right. do right. That,
2: right. You know? it's, it's funny because like I thought when we set for it I expected like a bit of a buzz and at first everybody was like what the hell is he doing a there's no a way yeah. yeah and it, as soon as I did it though then they started to the buzz yeah. They're like, oh sh- yeah. we just saw that they can't then, believe it's real yeah, yeah right? exactly yeah. so I got more of a reaction after but like I thought it was gonna buzz once he had him in the tombstone and I got to the corner I thought oh they gotta know I don't yeah, yeah. I don't springboard yeah. I don't do anything else but moonsault yeah. and so like once it happened then all of a sudden everybody's like oh it was awesome! Goodness. it worked man
0: so, oh absolutely yeah. Cool. Uh, a couple more things. Yeah. I did a promo a few weeks ago, and I called myself a ring general. And I got just blasted on twitter i love the ring because i looked it up it's like you actually wear a general's right. outfit to the ring i got blasted
1: by chris daniels on twitter for calling myself the ring general ridiculous you said something back like, i oh, did it's well right, here's yeah. the thing like everybody yeah. like my twitter blows up and I,
2: I hadn't seen it yet And i didn't, even, we're I didn't even know Coast. i didn't of know course. you're the ring general right and so like i and all of it is like oh chris jericho stealing your thing and i was like <laughs> my <laughs> thing but my so thing so now you're thinking i'm coming out with the general's outfit i just he's <laughs> calling himself the ring general chris what are you gonna do about it i like nothing (laughs) tweet that he's just as qualified to call himself a ring genial as me.
0: Goodness gracious, man.
2: It's just people that they're like they're, uh, the WWE guys just watch the independents and steal. No, they don't. Yes. I mean, it's yeah, wrestling. Yeah. Everybody, but, everybody's done everything. But you know,
0: wrestling fans uh, just like Their to complain. Oh yeah, passion, yeah, yep. So many, guys. I said, and they want to stir. Yeah, oh, stir the it up, right, oh, right, yeah. right, right. I do love the the ring general outfit. Like if you get it, it's brilliant. Yeah, right, right. and you know, If you don't, you look like a guy who's wearing a freaking.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, like in Japan all <laughs> oh, right and they go ah when we went out for the new japan tag yeah. league in november uh, and, uh who was it when ghetto I, yeah, ghetto goes, comes he, up he goes uh you gimmick uh Hitra. no no
0: no 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 like, no, 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 no absolutely no, no. not <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> no sir <laughs> i can see him saying oh that, yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh last question what's your fa- if you had to pick what your favorite match of all time or a few of them that uh, i've yeah. had um
1: yeah. as a in singles uh two matches and i picked these two because they happened back to back and they really elevated my game was a uh, pay-per-view in 2007 i had a ladder match against christian who's a, a really good friend of mine and a That's tremendous short. one of the probably one of the most underrated wrestlers ever and we had a ladder match and uh, i don't know if the expectations weren't high for it but we tore it up and had mm. a great 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 ladder match and the stipulation was whoever won uh got to wrestle kurt angle for the belt the next week on tv so i won the match which people weren't expecting so that really put me on the map and then then that week i had a match with kurt like a 25 minute tv match which was exactly you know it was my first time wrestling kurt so i was nervous as hell but we again tore it up it was great um so those two just in terms of what they did for me in the world of wrestling as a tag team we've had so many good ones with the bucks and like the briscoes but uh, one that stands out is when we had against uh, Kurt Angle and AJ Styles at Slammiversary mm. 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two guys, you can't you, go wrong. Yeah, you, you can't. You can't have a bad match. But just the stars aligned, just it was a great crowd, uh, great opponents, just mm. awesome action. Probably still my favorite match we've had. Um, there's a lot of other ones. Yeah. Hopefully, I haven't had my best match yet. But That's what do
2: think, yeah. Chris? Uh, for me. Just by myself, it's it's. I think it's the go-to. Like everybody talks about the first three-way that I ever had with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Yeah, um,
0: maybe the best match in TNA history.
2: Yeah, yeah I, and and I'm very proud of the fact that even after like some guys like Kurt and Christian came through, people still sort of pointed to that as like the best match TNA ever had and so like that's always the one that people talk about oh I love your first two and I was like well you know that's it stood the test of time and those guys like you said about Kurt Especially and AJ. Especially carrying
1: those two guys. <laughs>
2: yeah, the back. Uh, you can't go wrong with those two guys and again that was one of those things where the stars aligned and everything sort of came together for that particular match. Um, I was going to mention the same tag match with Kurt and AJ but um, because he already did uh, as far as ROH I think the first night we the, the time we first won the belt against Red Dragon. That was a great um, match, too, yeah. we uh, we wrestled them in San Antonio and mm-hmm. uh we had already wrestled them a couple times and realized that we had really good chemistry with them. They were, you know, on top of the world at that point. It was the third time that they had been the champions. And um I just remember like thinking, okay, well now we're we're in the thick of it now. It, we're not just guys that just came from TNA. Now we're the ROH tag team, champs, yeah. and we're you know, like you said, part of the team. Yep. And um, I felt like that was sort of the turning point from being, oh, these guys from this other place to, okay, now we're here, now we're established. And turned uh, heel. We turned heel that night. Too, so, yeah. so I mean, again, the stars aligned, and yep. it, it just worked out in our favor for us to be like what we wanted to be, which is the main antagonists in this right. in a company where every are ring. Where your ring work, where your uh, where your work rate is it's not the the only key, but it's certainly a major sure. key in what gets you over in Ring of Honor. If we can be the guys that are like that fly in the ointment, because there's so mm-hmm. many great teams, and whether they're heel or babyface, people respect the hard work, and we wanted to be the team that was like, stand there's out no cheering the us, heels, there's yeah. no one, oh, these guys are cool. You know, We wanted to be the dicks. We wanted to be the guys that were always you know, doing the but back and forth But that's smart, offense.
0: especially in that world where everybody is trying to out-top each other, and you guys just go out there. Poke somebody in the eye for
1: a heat spot, right? Right, yeah, we'll right. We'll get a reaction, right? And no, and like everyone's a, everyone wants to do the cool moves, even yeah. the heels. They want to be the cool heels. We absolutely we've been the cool heels. Yeah, in TNA, that's what we were. Now you want to be a heel? We'd love to be a heel. We're trying absolutely. to. That's you know? that's that's our thing. I think that's what makes us stand out from the other tag teams. You know. Well, people respect you because you've been around, but I think uh,
0: it's a great mix for you guys. So. so. Great to have you, Kazarian and Hitra. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, it's not Hitler. It's not. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you, dude. Okay, you can see Daniels and Kazarian in action on the upcoming Ring of Honor New Japan Pro Wrestling Tour pay-per-view starting May 8th in Chicago. Then they'll go to Dearborn, Michigan on the 9th, Toronto on the 11th, New York City on the 14th. Go to ROHwrestling.com for all ticket information. Some of the shows are sold out. Some of them still have tickets, but go check it out and see if you can get involved. You want to see one of the hottest promotions in the world today joined with the other hottest promotion in the world today, Ring of Honor, New Japan, live, in person, together. All right, thanks again to Daniels and Kazarian. Zarian for meeting up with me in Los Angeles to do this interview. Great conversation. We will have to do it again. And hey, can't say see ya without first saying thank you to all of you Talk as Jericho listeners for supporting this podcast and all the great sponsors. And of course, that includes Amazon, the OG sponsor here on TIJ. You know what to do. Go to podcastone.com. Click on the killer deals button in the top right corner of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. All the links are there. All right. All the Amazon links for the USA, UK, Canada, anything that you buy. On those links, Amazon will kick back a small percentage to this show to help us cover production costs, no hidden fees or extra charges. Just go to podcastone.com, click on the killer deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hit Talk is Jericho. And if you buy something, when you buy something, post it on the Twitter huh? at Talk is Jericho and become a Chris Jericho Talk is Jericho Amazon Warrior. If you post it, I will retweet it and follow you. Now that is a deal at Talk is Jericho. Don't forget, become an Amazon Warrior. Let's build it up, baby. And thank you so much. Uh, check out my other great sponsors, DDP Yoga and the DDP Yoga Now app. Go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho and you'll get three free months of the DDP Yoga Now app. And you'll get a great price on the yoga program as well. You need to do this, all right? And to the work switch driver, become a handyman like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use my promo code Chris and get 10% off your order and free shipping. And also go check out True Car. I bought a car through True Car, so can you. Guitar Center, I bought Ashton Acoustic Guitar there last week, so can you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for listening. Keep listening for the 60 Second AP News headlines coming up next. Have a great weekend and next Wednesday we will be here with one of the funniest new comedians coming out of the Adam Sandler, uh, uh, Rob Schneider stage. Nick Swartzen is going to be here and he is a nutter, completely insane super funny guy you gotta check him out when you when you hear his voice you'll know exactly who he is um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, needless to say I don't have to build him up anymore it's going to be hilarious so we'll see you then stay hard, stay
1: hungry, stay cool and a big yeah boy you can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at Podcast podcast1.com. that's podcastone.com